Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's the WNR 355, it's Impact Under Siege. I'm flying solo today to bring you Fallout from Rebellion, four episodes of Impact and of course the pay-per-view itself, the Impact Plus pay-per-view Under Siege. But let's get to it now, we start off April 30th, we get a great video package about the pay-per-view to start. Everyone on the roster wants a shot at Kenny Omega for the Impact World title. Scott Demore tells all of them to go to the ring and he will address it. Don Callis thanks him for doing so. Demore tells Don that Kenny Omega is contracted to be here, so he better show up or will be suspended and stripped of the title. Callis gets on the phone straight away. In the ring, Scott congratulates Kenny and pays respect to Rich Swan, but this was a unique situation and there was no rematch clause. May 15th at Under Siege will be a six-way match decided the number one contender. Over the next two weeks, there will be six qualifying matches to determine who is in that match, and there's no time like the present to get this underway. This was a great promo. I really dig in kind of Demore's style. He's not kind of, you know, the, the executive in charge, so to speak, just making the matches. You can see he's kind of unbiased, doesn't really sway to the faces or the heels. It's a great promo. W done right and they should really take notes about this our first under siege qualifier then was jake something versus chris bay uh, rohit raju interfered from ringside grumman hold of something's ankle bay capitalized on distraction score and roll up victory and it was great to see bay back he has it and jake does have something all wrestlers stayed ringside to watch this was a really enjoyable match uh, finish was a bit naff though we see Sammy Callahan is wondering if Kenny Omega's plans are going up in smoke. Callis asks what business is. When Kenny gets here, he won't know when or how, but Sammy's coming for what's his. Taylor Wilde feels the last decade never happened. She's come back home and main stage in Impact Palooza. Got to inquire about them becoming a tag team partners. Wilde isn't interested though. She's gunning for Deanna Pratso's knockouts title. We get young competitor Sam Bill battling uh, W. Morrissey, fresh off a red-hot debut at Rebellion, for which he earned considerable buzz for his dominant performance. Before the match, though, Morrissey said the industry is filled with bad people. The only difference between him and them is that he's not afraid to admit it. He then jumped Bill from the get-go, pummeling and punishing the babyface with his raw power and ferocity. He entered his opponent suffering with a powerbomb for the uncontested pinfall victory. It's a squash, but who can step up to Morrissey? Kimberly's looking forward to beating Taylor Wilde. We're two best friends by our side tonight. Deanna Pratso says she thinks her and Susan don't need her there, so she will watch from the back. Lean Susie go get ready and Havoc shows up and stares down Diona. Who is her next challenger? Willie Mack is interested in W. Morrissey's actions. He's making a challenge to rest them under siege. So there we go. And then Taylor Wilde versus Kimberly. Lee halted her momentum and teased the Swanton. Wilde got knees up, trapped Lee in a leg lock and scored victory. Susan jumped Wilde after the match, but the veteran fought off to nil. Dashwood made the save and attempted to move Wilde into being a tag team partner. He stood tall to close out the segments. Uh, this wasn't the best. Uh, Kimberly's still a little bit green. But Wilde looked like she hadn't missed a day of ring time. She was quick, fluid and laid into every one of her shots. Little away of ring rust, the truth feet, given the fact it has been 10 years since she last wrestled a match. And is Tanil a face now? I'm just not sure. We get Scott Demores and an update on Kenny Omega. It's not the first time with a difficult World Heavyweight Champion. Moose chimes in by saying he's the only viable challenger of Omega. He's a five-star athlete. Scott said he's always got his due to get through one guy and he qualifies for the six-way. No big deal. Moose grabs him by the scruff and says that while they have a friendship, he isn't afraid of hurting him or anyone who gets in his way. James Don walks up Moose takes his hands off the more. He tells Moose there's no need to take it out on him. X Division Championship match. Josh Alexander versus Ace Austin. And Alexander used Madman Fulton's momentum against him at ringside. Send him into the ring steps. With the Aussie even, the fight returns to the ring. Austin rocked his opponent with a big kick and scored an aerial assault for two. Alexander fought back though and damaged knee and scored the win with the ankle lock. 
These are two of the best I'm watching at the moment. There was a couple of missteps, but really good stuff. Commentators did miss the finish as well. We see Johnny Swinger with a little short money and knows Don Callis 20k, but he's got him, Daddy. Callis Arthur has got a car. If you could do him a favour, they'll call it quits in the 20k. Callis needs a stooge you can pick up a mega. Swingy tells Don to page him when they're ready, Daddy. And then Jordan Grace and Rachel Lennon are happy to be the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. Jazz says Rachel has elevated them to a new level. Fire and Flavors says Lennon is a true star because they've beat Grace so many times. Under Siege are ready to take their titles back. And we then see another Under Siege qualifier, Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona. I'm surprised the rematch straight away. But on one, it wasn't a legitimate injury because uh, Cardona moved around quite well in this match. He tried to drag his opponent into the centre of the ring. But he all held onto the apron and kicked the knee out from under the baby face. Miles out for the roster cut, but Cardona delivered radio silence out of nowhere for the gritty come from behind victory. Uh, well, 50-50 Booker with Mars. He needs to come out overall winner. It's not a bad match. It told the basic story, you know. But uh, maybe it was a little bit disappointing. We it by design. Dina lost to James Stone, but so did Eric Young. This war, they are fighting. It's a long way from being over. When the stakes are at their highest, that's when the disease is strongest. Disappointing can elicit rage. Now, next week, the war machine is the opportunity to right this wrong and understand qualifier. The sickness will not win. Believing can make you do things that aren't impossible. If you don't believe in that, you are dead yourself. We then see El Phantasma of New Japan's Bullet Club is heading to Impact Wrestling as the next week. That would be too sweet. We will speak with Impact and AEW on our NJPW special with Monty as well. And then the final under siege qualifier night saw hated rivals rage war as Eddie Woods was battled Sebi Callahan. Dino Brown compared the lengthy rivalry between the two of that of Batman and the Joker, setting the stage for the latest entry in their feud. Edwards thwarted an early offensive by the draw, wiping him out with a tope suicide. They're heading into a commercial break. As Jackson escalated, Kenny Omega, the good brothers of Don Callis, hit the ring. They attacked both Edwards and Callahan, ended the match as a no contest. Finn Juice hit the ring to attempt to save, but fell victim to a beatdown by the Hills. And the Callis told Impact to enjoy their new champion, who stood side by side with his cohorts to close out the show. As Matt Stryker said, Impact is in trouble. Not much of a match, but good to draw a line in the sand. This was a great impact, giving us pay-per-view matches. It has really hit its stride. Uh, and on May 1st, we got some news that Impact's Knockouts champion, Gianna Pratt, will face AAA, Reina Delena's champion, Patchy, in a title versus title match for Triple Mania. Um, she won the, uh, Apache won the vacant title for the fourth time, a new record for her. Then Pratsu appeared on the show to surprise the commentary for the six-way match. Once it ended, Pratsu was challenged to Apache, say she was friends with Conan, and he told her that if she appeared tonight, she could challenge for the title. Fabi eventually accepted the match once Pratsu mentioned Triple Mania. She then attacked Apache, applying an armbar, then powerbombing her twice. Of course, this is the, uh, off the, um, Challenge as well issue for the tonight show as well that had Andrade challenging Kelly Omega for the AAA Mega Title also for Triple Mania so we might actually have to have a look at that one um, but some are not happy about working relationships uh, Booker T spoke on his podcast and says that um, putting the championship belt world title on AWS is a major mistake he said it does absolutely nothing for Impact he said I don't know what Impact is thinking right now maybe they're thinking about the rub it's a cool moment for AW it's not Impact Wrestling unless I own both companies I was working with the fans at the same time with both of my companies for Richland to go out to lose top for Omega it does absolutely nothing in my opinion for Impact we also found out online as well that the Under Siege match had been booked with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers against Finn Juice and Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan 
had qualified for the uh, six-way number one contendership match as well. But moving on to the sixth maker, we've got more Under Siege qualifiers to get through. And we start off with Chris Sabin versus Rhino. We get a bit back and forth to start. Rhino responded with a suplex that nearly put Sabin down for good. Multi-time Impact Wrestling X-Division champ kicked out and avoided the gore. A dropkick to knee set up the magical cradle for Sabin to get the win. Uh, Sabin looked good. Rhino looked wide. This was a good match. The ref control VBD at ringside. Rosemary tells Brian Myers he needs to break out of his pattern because it's his ego stopping him from changing. He doesn't believe any of it and is about to insult him before he's run over by Black Toulouse. Decay laugh at him and walk away. I hear Under Siege calling for both. And Don Callis tells the Elite to rewind for a second. Every time they lose, their stock goes down, so the Good Brothers need to pick up a win tonight. Let's face it, wins and losses matter. Mega is going to watch over them and manage. We then get Susan with Kimberly versus Taylor Wilde. Wilde dropped the former Impact Wrestling's knockout champ with a German suplex that launched her to the floor. Susan was then hit with a dive off the apron. When Kimberly tried to get involved again, Caleb with a K made a save. With the ref distracted, Tinnell Dashwood dropped Susan with a net breaker in the ropes, allowing Wilde to hit the German for the win. Uh, not a bad match, of course, Tinnell now looking for a partner again, so I guess her run <laughs> as the main event is over. We then see Rosemary Decay interrupt Jenna Pratt's interview. The Hive says she's become a bit of a coward, but the champ doesn't care what the freak says. It pops in. Listen to this before you run off. What Rosemary sees is a champion with no challenges. Prince of Fix Havoc should wrestle Rosemary and she will face the winner. That sounds like a good idea. I'll tell you what Rosemary is getting about. Uh, w. Morrissey blames the fans for criticising him when he was down and every member of this rotten industry. Every friend he had was a fake and a phony. It's time to rebuild himself from the ashes. He will be bigger and better than he's ever been. Everyone will feel the pain he went through starting with Willie Mack. This is a great will rebuild for the former Big Cass. We're going to get another under siege qualified Trey Miguel versus Rahit Raju. Uh, Raju counted Trey's hourglass with a pinfall attempt. Trey kicked out and blocked Raju's flying boot, locking into submission for the win. I am a fan of Raju, there's no doubt about it. He's got that kind of hill, hill character worked out well. This was more of a showcase for Trelo. He is a hell of a talent. After the match, Jake something takes out both for a hit and Shearer for his partner's loss against Chris Bay last week. And then we get Swingers Palace daddy, Alicia Edwards. May have had a job lined up, but she's all her chips. They're talking about who will become normal contenders to the Impact World title. The rest asks if there be any dissension between James Storm and Chris Saban if they both qualify, but they are friends and there's nothing to worry about. Chris Saban was very, very funny as he was saying, that's not the problem, that's not the issue. Our next match is Doc Gallows versus Juice Robinson. Uh, Robinson avoided a big elbow drop and dropped Gallows with a flying drop kick to the knee. A short DDT spiked Gallows for a two count, but the Impact Wrestling Tag Champion followed with his punch combination again, this time hitting a full series of strikes. Carl Anson, Don Callis and Impact World Champ Kenny Omega distracted Juice, allowing Gallows to break away from Juice. And Gallows hit the big leaping boot and set out choke bomb for the win. This was good, but predictable. The Elite attacked Finn Juice off the belt. Eddie Edwards turned up to help him, but he's taken down as well. We then see Scott Demore catching up with Jenna Perutso before she's leaving the building. He's so glad to catch her. It's a great idea to see Havoc versus Rosemary to earn a shot at her title. It's confirmed next week, and the winner will face her at Under Siege. We then get El Fantasmo versus VSK. And Fantasmo nearly got beat on his Impact Wrestling debut with Schoolboy. Running boot and a fireman's carry, netbreaker and VSK, another close call. But Fantasmo hit a spinning heel kick and followed with a sudden death super kick for the win. Uh, of course, VSK making his debut, but this was a great debut for Fantasmo. More on this on Monty, but uh, the kind of bullet club, the way this guy goes about his business is a great acquisition. 
at this moment in time. We then get Kira Hogan with Tasha Elvin with Jordan Grace. Uh, still saved her partner in the corner, shoving her out of the way with a big splash. Hogan hit the running hip attack and an incredible running drop kick in the corner for a two count. As Hogan ran in for a big strike, she was caught by Elvin. The Impact Wrestling Knockouts tag champion drove Hogan through, nearly through the mat with a boss woman slam for the win. So the challengers lose. I mean, they are really getting behind and pushing uh, Elvin at this moment. This was a good match, though. Callis catches up with Moose and he thinks he looks in tremendous shape. He doesn't understand why Impact is treating him like this, making him wrestle a match to qualify. He tells Don to shut the hell up. He has a match to focus. And it is an under siege qualified Moose versus James Storm. Uh, Moose was spiked with Tanae DDT but kicked out at two. A chop block to the leg turns Storm inside out and Moose followed up with a single leg Boston Crab. Storm broke away and looked to finish Moose with the eye of the Storm. However, his leg gave out. Moose went for the lights out, but Storm blocked with a knee. The last call supercut rocked Moose. Unfortunately for Storm, he fell to the wrong side of the ring and couldn't stand back on his own two feet. The damage was so severe that the referee nearly called for the bell. It wasn't needed, though, as Moose hits the lights out for the win. This was all about Moose. A big statement made and a really good main event. Post-match, Moose puts James Storm ankle in a steel chair and stomps hard on it. Chris Saban comes to his aid. Moose has sent a message to the other challengers and Kenny Omega. So the six-man set for Under Siege. It will be Sammy Callahan, Chris Bay, Matt Cardona, Moose, Trey Miguel, and of course, Chris Sabin. Uh, this episode, in fact, had everything. This was really great stuff. And Moose took to Twitter after and revealed that his current Impact deal expires in June. He said, my goal is to win the Impact World title before June. And that's basically what we're saying now. Of course, Moose's contract expires. is a little bit surprised to see how much Impact Wrestling have built him up over the past couple of years or so. Of course, beating EC3 and, uh, you know, being Kenny Omega may be only viable challenger. We'll see what happens at Under Siege for that. But, of course, Jordan Grace has signed a new contract. Uh, multi-year deal contract as well which means she, you know, she might still wrestle for AEW and other companies but at the moment it's good um, that impact should be tying down the talent I mean they've got a hell of a talent roster at the moment you look at Ace Austin Chris Bay girl they need to kind of put these down for future deals to make sure they can't go anywhere so the last episode of Impact before Under Siege is the 18th of May before tonight's show Tasha Stills defeated the Knockouts Tag Team Champion Dylan Grace on before the Impact and indeed, I've ran a match strike. Well, fans to Impact Wrestling. We kick from the gloss with a number one contendership match to determine which knockout will face Diana Perazzo for a title this Saturday at Under Siege. We get a knockout's number one contendership match to start us off. Havoc versus Rosemary. And Rosemary launches Havoc halfway across the ring with a perfect exploded suplex. Havoc managing to kick out low. Rosemary follows up with a massive spear. Counts Rosemary's move with a tombstone pile driver. Havoc hooks a leg and picks up the victory. So your winner is Havoc. She will meet Diana Perazzo for the Knockouts Championships this Saturday. And speaking of champ Diana Perazzo, she stepped into the ring and received a little sneak peek. What she's in for in 48 hours. Have it plants another vicious tombstone pile jar. The champ. This was a really strong match and a really nice way to start. And sets the stage nicely for Saturday. Dino Brown and Matt Stryker run through the match together for this Saturday show. We're also revealing what's still to come tonight. And then backstage for the Good Brothers. With the Unified Impact World Champion Kenny Omega and Don Callis. Carl Anderson is ready to make David Philly squirm tonight. Omega hopes the Good Brothers can pick up the momentum again. He feels his former champs have lost their steam since losing their titles, and he's the man that can sort it out. Up next, X Division on one contendership scramble match: Pete Williams versus El Fantasmo versus Ace Austin versus Rohit Raju versus AC Romero versus T J. 
P and L P takes T J P on a ride with some roadblocks on the way. Looks like he's gonna go for his top rope half can runner. No. He instead changes his move set by dropping on top of everyone with a top rope death valley driver just before the commercial break. You have to go and check that clip out. It's absolutely incredible. Ace Austin then lands a springboard in security on Williams. TDP slides in and squares off of Austin. Austin goes flying out the ring with a dive on everyone. Romero says Vajou out the ring with a massive pounce. TJP counters Williams' Canadian destroyer with a detonation kick. ELP splashes down on TJP. ELP positions Williams for his Canadian revolution. And 1-2 ELP is on his way for an X-Vision title shot this Saturday. They are all great talent involved in this match and AC Romero. But this was a great match. I could have done with longer. But ELP is the right choice. And him and Josh Alexander at the uh, pay-per-view will be. We see Susan telling Scott to more like Tenille Dashwood cheated in their match. And she wants a tag team match to get revenge. After some discussion, it decided it will happen at Under Siege on Saturday. Eric Young says change is the only thing we can trust. They have a new plan. Violet Minds down. Val will seal them. And then Swingers Palace TJP may not become normal contender, but who is the odds on to become tag team contenders? ASOS and the Madman Fulton think they are the ones. Triple XL take exception to that. Rohit Raju and Shira want a shot at the gold as well. Swinger tells Bravo to go get match sorted out. TJP reveals his partner will be Petey Williams. You know, someone who's good with odds. Little Petey Pump. Nope, everyone walks out on that. Holler if you hear me. Up next, Sam Bill versus Willie Mack. And Bill is actually fired up. He rocks Mack with a series of forearms and knee strikes, but Mack almost falls head off with a heavy clothesline. Bill flies in the air. Mack decks him right under the jaw and then flies off the top rope and gets the win. It was a lovely frog splash there. Uh, I need to see a bit more Willie, but then W. Morrissey jumps in the ring and wrecks Max and the message for Under Siege. He will run right through him, just like Moose did. It'll be interesting to see the booking similar and uh, W. Morrissey. And then, of course, as reported, Slam Versus will take place on Saturday, July 17th. Who will arrive in the Impact Zone this summer? We will find out. And then Eddie Edwards wants to even the score tonight between Dave Finley and Kyle Anson by introducing a Kenny of his own, the trusty old Kendos. Then it's all about me with Tenille Dashwood, Taylor Wilde, wants to talk to her. She must have heard about the tag team match. Wilde saw a match last week when she cheated. She's been in the team with her under siege, but only if she can get close to a goal. No, not the tag titles. And then Carl Anderson versus David Finley. Uh, Finley turns things around with a cyborg slam. Finley fires off two clotheslines and slingshots out the ring and takes out Higa. Back in the ring, he hits a trash panda for a near fall. Uh, but then Anderson gets put in the Indian deathlock. Omega runs in to break the hold. The referee calls for the stoppage. And, of course, winner via disqualification, David Finley. Drew Fobbs and Edwards come in, and even the odds and Ke- good brothers and Kelly Omega, the good brothers and Omega retreat out of the ring. Um, this is kind of the same as last week. This feud has kind of dragged. And then Chris Saban has some choice words for his opponents. Sammy Callahan, Moose and Chris Bay for the six-man tag match main event. Still's major upset against Jordan Grace. Grace is upset she lost because she and Rachel Owen put their knockouts tag team championships on the line against Steels and Hogan on Saturday. Elvin tells Grace to bottle up her anger for tonight's defeat and apply it towards their upcoming match. And then Brian Myers versus Crazy Steve. Uh, Brian Myers got this one after commercial break. Myers took a hold on Steve by planting a heavy stomp. He applied a front face lock. Steve breaks free, but he can't get fully suicide dive to land. Myers stacks Steve up and puts his foot and hand up on the ropes. The referee doesn't see it and gives Myers the victory. Black Toulouse then runs Myers over and Rosemary places the card of death in his chest. This was quick. Looks like Myers has moved on from Cardona. And then Don Callis tells him what he did. Callis is trying to light a fire in him, that's all. Demore gives him an ultimatum to decide if he wants to be Omega's management or an impact executive. Don said they should zoom more. Scott would like to be on the same freaking book for a chain event. Sammy Callahan, Chris Bay, Moose 
versus Matt Cardona trained Miguel and Chris Sabin. Cardona has a huge boot to the side of base face. Chris Sabin is tagged in by Cardona. Moose runs in and hoists Cardona Sabin up with double chokes. Cardona Sabin counting through Moose and hits Frazier silence. Moose and hits lights out. Miguel and Callahan are spotlighted next. Callahan hits a death friendly driver. Sabin comes in for Miguel. Callahan knocks Sabin out with his deadly package pile driver for the pin full victory. Much good brothers leave Don Callis. Callis looks a bit nervous after watching Sammy Callahan and I like half his competition Saturday. Uh, Sammy looks to be the favourite in the match. It was a good main event and it was a perfect build. So now we move on to Under Siege. And I was going to be joined by the ultimate one, but due to uh, the actual fact, me and uh, obviously the time difference and trying to sort things out that way, uh, it's not happened this time, but there's no worry about that because, of course, he will be back for AEW Double or Nothing. So, like we said, right now, on my own, we're going to go May 15th, Under Siege. And the compensate is a match striker, D'Lo Brown. And the intro video focuses on Kenny Omega, the competitors in a six-way match. Tonight's six-man match. I mean, Impact do have great intros. And our first match is Brian Myers versus Black Toulouse with Rosemary and Crazy Steve. And Toulouse overpowered Myers early, much to the light of his teammates at ringside. He delivered a pump handle backbreaker, forcing Myers to retreat into the corner. Myers was overwhelmed by his opponent's onslaught to that point. Myers finally recuperated and delivered a big suplex to control the match. He wore Toulouse down on the mat, and it looked like he might mount a comeback. Myers tripped him up. He then returned to the mat-based offense. Toulouse mounted an offense himself and delivered a crucifix bomb, but could only keep Myers down for a count of two. Toulouse had a shoulder breaker, but again, and he kept his opponent down for two. Myers rocked Toulouse with a kick and had a flatliner for another two count of his own. And as Toulouse set up a suplex, Myers caught him with a thumb to the eye and had a roster cut for the hard-fought victory. So, thoughts on that. Well, Decay start the show yet again, but I think with Impact and pay-per-views need to put the best foot forward. I think Decay gimmick really, really works. Of course, uh, with Rosemary and Crazy Steve involved there. I'm a big fan of Myers, and he can move up the card, and hopefully away from Matt Cardona. He does everything on point. I do like Decay, but they're just glorified jobbers at the moment. And this was quite a fun opener, though, with the right result. I think out of five, I'm going to give this a three and a half. We face off against San Report, and both went Myers in the first one, so it's one all. Poll-wise, Taurus got 55% of that vote. And then we see D-Lo and Stryker appearing on camera. They run down the rest of the matches on the show. And then we get to our next match, which is Susan and Kimberly versus Tennille Dashwood and Taylor Wilde. The babyfaces started fast and furiously, but the Hills took advantage working over Dashwood. A hot tag to Wild sparks momentary comeback, but a suplex from Susan down to former knockouts champ. Referee caught Susan's votes for leverage and broke his count. He actually broke down, allowing Caleb at ringside to rock Susan with a shoe, unbeknown to Wild, who scored the win with a German suplex. After the match, Dashwood and Caleb overzealously celebrated with Wild, who wasn't hesitant to join in, uh, to say the least. We don't know how that relationship is going to work out. Uh, folks on this one, blink and you'll miss it. I mean, this was messy in places, and then faces win with outside interference didn't really work. But this might be the next uh, mag challenges. You see, Impact do like to do that, uh, and of course with Tennille and um, Wild as well. I mean, out of five, I'm going to give us a two point nine five. Not too harsh, but I think you know with that score, I think it'd be fair to say, especially with a couple of slip ups there. Um, we both went the faces in predictions, so it's two all at this moment in time. Uh, Paul Wise, Wild, and Dashwood got 83% of the vote. We get Sammy Callahan promo. He doesn't have to care 
if he'll go for the entire Impact locker room, but he will meet Kenny Omega to regain the Impact title. He doesn't care who he has to go through. Uh, Sammy Callahan looks to be the favourite at this moment in time in this matchup. Our next match is Ace Austin, Madman Fulton versus Triple XL. Ace Romero, Larry D versus Rohit Raju and Shearer versus TJP and PT Williams. This match was determined a number one contender for the Impact Tag Team titles. And Romero and Fulton kicked off the action, throwing fist into a club and display of big men. From there, TJP soon found himself isolated from his partner Williams, beaten down and worked over by his opposition. Austin, Shearer and Raju all got shots in on the former X-Division champ. TJP finally created separation by Dan and Austin and made a tag to Williams. The venture competitor set up for the Canadian Destroyer and Austin, but Fulton broke it up. Romero entered the ring and set Fulton to the floor. Triple XL used its power advantage to drop Austin and Shearer for Austin used his educated feet to wipe the super heavyweights down. Raju entered the ring and wiped Austin out, but Triple XL flattened for a hit. Fulton re-entered the ring, powered Larry D down and watched as Austin delivered a splash for the win. Well, there's no doubt they are all great talent in the ring. And Triple XL. I mean, this was good, but it did felt a bit too long for me. Or well, out of five, I'm going to give this uh, three and a quarter out of five. Prediction-wise, we both went for Ace and Fulton, so it's three all at the moment. The Chokes are important. The WNR cannot be separated. Poll wise Fulton and Ace, 34% TJP in this team. You've got 32% Shearer, 23%. Triple XL, 11%. So pretty equal there. We see Gia Miller interview Fire and Flavor backstage. Kira Hogan said that the babies, the titles, were coming back home. She still said they would drag Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellen by their edges and win the titles back. Well, up next, Willie Mack versus W. Morrissey. And Morrissey picked up right where he left off, pummeling Mack, even as that momentarily stunned him. He shrugged off a few chop strikes and right hands to add to Mack's physical torment. A big boot sent Mac bouncing off the mats outside. The big man followed out to continue the beatdown. Morrissey overwhelmed his opponent. And he pushed him around the map before shoving his face into it. He applied the sleeper, looking to sap whatever fight Mac had left in him. It was unsuccessful, though. Says serving fire to Babyface to get back into it. Mac launched himself from the top rope, catching Morrissey with a clothesline, who then essentially shrugged it off, flattened Mac, and knocked him out cold with a ruthless kick to the back of the head for the win. After the match, Morrissey grabbed a chair and threatened to further injure Mac until former world champion Rich Swan made his return, chasing the massive hill out the ring. And staring him down. Now the question is. Will Swan be used as a sacrificial lamb? This is exactly what it should have been. Again I felt it went on for a little bit too long. Well out of five. Going to give it a three and a quarter. And prediction wise we both went Morrissey. Uh, So it's four all there. Poll wise Morrissey as well with 81%. We get a video package of the Fire and Flavor versus Grace and Ellering feud. Move on to that match for the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Tag Team Championships. And it uh, looked like Grace and Ellery appeared to be toying with Iron Flavors. Hogan was early. They overpowered out wrestled and left the challenges frustrated early. The former title holders recovered nicely though. Down an Ellery and cut her off from a partner. Their double team maneuvers won point. And Hogan expertly covered from a misstep and formed a barricade between Ellery and Grace preventing a tag. At one point, Hogan delivered a cheap shot to Grace, infuriating thick mama pump en route to a corner dropkick for Ellerin. Ellerin finally made a tag to Grace who exploded into the match and powered down both opponents who drove stills into the match for a close two count, then went with Ellerin to deliver a string of double-team manoeuvre. The action broke down and all four competitors delivered a signature offence in a double-double down spot. Ellerin made it up first and encouraged Grace back to hers, still sent Ellerin to the floor while Grace dumped Hogan. 
Grace set up the Vader bomb, but Hogan stopped this. Dropped Grace throat first on the top rope, but a slice of bread number two to Ellering on the floor left both competitors down. Back in the ring, Grace Fox steals her form on the rope. Shield shrugged it off and sent Grace crashes to the mat. She did it with a frog splash to regain the titles. Well, this definitely woke the sharp. This was a great match. I mean, uh, Grace coming up short is going to be a big, big story, but the match itself was really, really good. I'm going to give that a four out of five. Prediction-wise, the WNR went faces. Chokeslam went hills, so the ultimate one goes five, four up. Polways faces with 64%. We get Swinger's Palace segment. Triple XL walked in. Swinger said they hoped they had better luck at the table than they had earlier tonight in the ring. Swinger wanted to throw them out after Larry insulted. Swinger by saying that Simon Diamond carried the team. Now this threw Triple XL out. Swinger called them the natural disaster. And up next, the Impact Wrestling X Division Championship. Josh Alexander, the champion versus El Fantasmo. And of course, uh, El Fantasmo for New Japan Pro Wrestling. But Alexander actually out-wrestled him early on. Uh, but ELP recovered, rocked him with a jumping knee and targeted the low extremities of the walking weapon. As he actually spilled to the floor, Alexander tried a wild chop but struck the ring post with his right hand, which Striker missed because he was talking nonsense. Uh, Phantasmo refocuses his attack to the hand. He arrogantly walked the ropes, twisting Alexander's hand while doing so. He came off and right into the arms of Alexander, who drove him into the mat with a fireman's carry. Alexander scored a near fall and immediately went back to nurse in hand. He applied the ankle lock but was unable to keep it fully locked in, his injured hand preventing it. Fantasmo rocked with a big kick and added James Storm's old eight-second ride for another near fall. Well, Fantasmo queued up a kick, but Alexander caught him and slammed him. He then applied the ankle lock, but ELP rolled through. Sent the buckle and earned a two-count off a schoolboy roll-up. Champion sent the challenger flying with a release German suplex and added a low crossbody that sent Fantasmo to the floor. That was lovely. Alexander scaled the ropes, but ELP crotched him. Then delivered a death-defying hurricane runner. He added a splash for a close two-count left in disbelief by Alexander's gutsiness. The champion recovered and applied Yanko Lock, switched into the dominant hand to account for the injury. He delivered a powerbomb backbreaker to drive the wind out of Fantasmo. Then he applied the Yanko Lock and sat down on it for submission victory. I mean, this good stuff. Two great professionals. I'm a bit surprised the LP lost, but this might not be the end. This was brilliant. Well, out of five, I'm going to give this a four and a quarter. Uh, Prediction-wise, we both went ELP, so it's still 5-4. Polls, uh, ELP got 64%. So, a bit shocked overall uh, that he didn't come out as winner. Josh Alexander did, and even more so, that he did make him submit. Uh, we see GM in interview Finn Juice and Eddie Edwards backstage. Juice called Team Omega jackasses. Finn, he said they're the best team in the world. Eddie said Finn Juice showed respect and represent New Japan and Impact well. He said that Team Omega was in for a rude awakening tonight over his dead body. He lose. We then have Deanna Parazzo with Susan and Kimberly versus Havoc. Knockouts title. Havoc laughed at Diona at the start. And then after weathering an early onslaught from her opponent, perhaps they slowed the pace and focused on the arm of her opponent, wrestling control about away from the challenger. The virtuoso dominated, cutting Havoc off every time she attempted to mount an offence. That came to a screeching halt when the challenger caught her with a choke bomb and applied a Broston crab. Unable to get hold of the legs because of the injured arm, Havoc lost her grip. She then bumped Susan and Kimberly, taking them out of the equation. She caught Prazzo mid-flight, but the champion escaped to look for an armbar. Havoc fought free in the blit raid to Hills with a knee strike. Prazzo fought back to her feet, trapped Havoc in the Fujiwara armbar, and earned the submission victory. Uh, Prazzo's on a different level. There's no doubt about that. This was a fun match, but I don't think Havoc really stood a chance. Out of five, give that three and three quarters out of five. Prediction-wise, uh, both went Prazzo, uh, so it's 6-5. Overall, uh, poll-wise, Diona got 79% of the vote. 
We get a recap video of the Omega Good Brothers versus Finjuice Eddie Edwards fused, which leads to the next match. And Don Callis came out to introduce Omega. Omega came out with the three belts. And the Babyface to control the early portion of the match, making quick tags and keeping the hills off guard. The Elite attempts to seize control about but failed. Edwards, Robson and Finley continue to control the pace and the momentum with the tag champs driving Omega's face first into the mat with a double bulldog. Gallows tripped up Robinson, and while Juice forced the Good Brothers attack, he ate a big dropkick by Omega as the Hills finally turned the tide in their favour. They worked over both Robinson and Finley, each of the Hills adding cheap shots and chip-ups to maintain their advantage. A crossbody by Finley allowed the second generation star to create separation and make the tag to Edwards, and he teed off on Omega, bouncing around the ring, and had a barrage of chops to the chest. He caught Omega with a blue thunderbomb for two. He added a Tiger drive a moment later for another near fall. The action broke down, leading to Robson catching Gallows with some jabs, and Omega rocking him with a V-trigger. Gallows flattened Edwards, but Eddie kicked out at two. Finjuice broke up the magic killer. Robson joined Edwards with a double suplex on Gallows. He then turned Omega inside out with a clothesline, but fell prey to a TKO by Anderson. Robson delivered Pulp Fiction to Anderson. Finley wiped out Gallows, and Robson added a dive onto Omega. Back inside the ring, Edwards delivered the Boston knee party on Machine Gun for the win. But the question is, is there a split between the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega coming? And if there is, is that taken away from the fact that maybe Kenny Omega won't be Impact World Champion for that long? And this may be controversial, but uh, since watching Impact, uh, the Good Brothers aren't that good, really. I mean, they're a little bit disappointed. I don't know what's missing, but, you know, it's a big win for Eddie Edwards. There's no doubt he can lay a claim now that he has beaten... Um, the elite, so to speak. I mean, out of 5-4, this wasn't a bad match uh, whatsoever. Uh, we both went the hills in this one, so it's still 6-5. Powerwise Omega, the Good Brothers got 77% overall, so everybody maybe thought that the hills would win there. But again, that's Impact kind of throwing a little curveball, isn't it, you know? Well, D'Lo Brown and Matt Stryker appeared on camera to set up the main event of the evening. Of course, we see a video package previewing the six-way main event featuring Sammy Callahan versus Chris Bay versus Matt Cardona versus Trey Miguel versus Chris Sabin versus Moose. I mean, credit to Impact for catchy entrances as well. Uh, and, of course, the competitors recognise Moose as the greatest threat in the six-way number contendership match, attacking him for the opening bell. After a moment or two of dominance of former NFL star, the field was able to halt his momentum. Callahan and Miguel rekindled their recent rivalry for the draw, sort of Bay with a powerbomb in the ring apron, establishing his own dominance early. Moose exploded back in the ring, Rock and Miguel were running up a cut in the corner. Bay cut him off by a drop kick. Bay recovered and paired off with a rejuvenated Callahan. We get a massive red mark on Sabin's leg after Moose took it out as well. I mean, you would class Moose as a legitimate challenger, and it will happen against all odds. I mean, out of five, four and a half. Um, it was a really, really good main event, and we have got, like I said, a legitimate challenger now. And, and Moose even said we can get back our world title as well, which is a really nice moment. Um, Prediction-wise, we both went Moose, which means final score seven six to the Choke Sound Report. Well done, number one, getting a the win there. Poll-wise, Moose got eighty percent of the vote. Uh, Sammy Callahan on another vote of forty-two percent. Saber thirty-three percent. Cardona twenty-five. Miguel thirteen. Bay. 7%. And Miguel and Bay, of course, with, with Moose on that one. Uh, overall, pay-per-view, I mean, this was enjoyable stuff. There's no doubt about it. We saw the um, women's title, tag titles changing hands, which was really fun. 
Uh, and of course, you know, we've got a new number one contender as well. And also, Eddie Edwards getting that victory now maybe puts him in contention. I'm going to give it an eight and three quarters out of ten. Like I said, good, good stuff. Worth a watch as well. Every peel of night, I've got to say, it's got to be Josh Alexander. This man can do no wrong at the moment. Talk about a wrestling machine. It will be submissions or technical showing that he can go with the world's best. You know, New Japan El Fantasmo. It's a fantastic talent who's had uh, some stellar, stellar matches. And Josh Alexander showing well, what he can do. And it's interesting as well when you compare him to someone like Ethan Page. Of course, the former tag team partner has gone to uh, AEW, teaming up with Sky, you know, doing the kind of tag team thing there. Uh, whereas Alexander now, as a singles champion, you know, really putting in great uh, wrestling matches. Uh, main event was the match of the night as well. You know, you've got to say all six men delivered uh, absolutely everything in there as well. So then we move on to Impact Fallout. Uh, 21st of May, and we get a tribute to New Jack to start the show. He died, of course, the 14th of May, aged 58. And after the open video and a great recap of Under Siege, we start with Jake something versus Raju. And Jake took Raju up for a suplex, but Shira pulled something's foot out from under him, allowing Raju to fall on him and score the tainted pinfall victory. After the match and the rape, something attacked Shira, pummeling him around the ringside as Raju what? not in any hurry to help his associate. Ventral something drove Shira through a table and took trash to Raju to close out the segment. This was a really fun opener. Rahit is criminally underrated. I know MJF gets a lot of, you know, praise for being a great hill, but Rahit is a great hill. You showed it here as well, not coming help out in a big man. Speaking of it, the big man taking a beating. How often do you see that? You know, talk about a lot of muscle, you know, maybe even with uh, Fulton with Ace Austin. We're seeing it here. You know, Jake something wants to be someone. It looks like he's going to focus on Rahit. Uh, we see Tennille Dashwood backstage. She wants to team with Wild. And if she wins, they could be tag champs tonight in a match. Uh, Wild says that's not how she rolls. She wants to be Knockout's champion. Um, Grace wants to talk to Scott Demore, which kind of shocks Ellering. More of that later. We move on to Tennille Dashwood versus Kira Hogan. And Tennille rolled Hogan up, kicked her feet, and earned the roll-up victory from out of nowhere. After the match, Stills attacked. Caleb attempted to aid his friend, but hit a big DDT from Kimberly, who hit the ring alongside Susan and knockouts champion Dino Pratso for a beatdown on the Aussie. Taylor Wilde made a save by pounding away at Perezzo. The numbers game continued to be problematic for the Bayface until Havoc appeared. She overpowered the hills and helped even the odds. She tossed the opposition to the floor before checking on Dashwood and Wilde. And as the hills retreated, Decay showed up to scare them off. I mean, this was okay, but missed a bit during the match. Uh, with the ab rope, which kind of took away some momentum. But it was nice stuff overall. Uh, Jordan Grace is back from Scott Demore's office. She casually tells the tag partner, Rachel Everett, that will be facing off against each other. And then we find out former two-time IWGP heavyweight champion, a two-time All-Japan Triple Crown heavyweight champion, Satsuri Kojima, will make his Impact Wrestling debut next week. He will be the full staff of New Japan. Of course, we've had David Finley, Juice Robinson, and Al Fantasmo, who's part of the crossover between NJPW and Impact, a legend, every promotion he's been in. Kojima has been fair share of historic accolades, including being the first wrestler to hold the NJPW's WGP Heavyweight Championship and All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Count Championship simultaneously. Also, he's one of only three stars, Kajimoto and Shinya Hasimoto, the other two who have held the IWGP Heavyweight, Triple Crown, and the NWA World Heavyweight Championships concurrently. His opponent for next week has not been revealed at this time. Speaking of New Japan talent, Finjuice are ready for tonight. They are going to put the titles on the line against uh, Madman Fulton and Ace Austin. But up next is VSK versus PT Williams. 
We see Petey setting up for the Canadian destroyer, but VSK countered into a half backbreaker for two. Counters and reversals ensured William delivered a powerbomb ahead of the Canadian destroyer for the competitive victory. Not a bad match at all. And of course, uh, VSK under Cardona's training at this moment in time uh, doesn't look a bad talent. Backstage, Jim Mir caught up the former world champion Rich Swan, who took full responsibility for his loss to Kenny Omega at Rebellion and made no excuses for it. He did turn the century to W. Morrissey, explode from out of nowhere, and blast him with a big boot and grabbed the former champion and tossed him out of the building, staring menacingly at him as the show headed to the break. Back to Springer's Palace, Daddy. TJP is doing well at the wheel. He spots Falabar dressed up as Swingerella. TJP asks what he's doing. Apparently, he's paying off his debt to Swinger. He asks Swinger what he needs to pay his debt. TJP wins a whole lot of money, pays off Fallow's debt right there, and gets his tag partner back. He missed him. Fallow was better than Petey Williams. Speaking of which, Petey asks, what's wrong with him? Might team up with Josh Alexander. Decay pops up out of nowhere, and Crazy Steve said this is the creepiest pace he's ever seen. Rosemary likes how alive Johnny Bravo looks. Hernandez is a high bouncer and threatens to throw them out, but Rosemary clicks his fingers, and Decay disappear. I hate Johnny Swinger, but this is a good reason to book matches. Not just the kind of generic GM room, but actually having problems with each other as well. Up next, Moose addresses Kenny Omega. And he put over the legends and icons Kenny Omega's defeated in his career, such as Akada, Chris Jericho, and John Moxley. He reminded Omega and the audience that he's a wrestling god. Another god can measure up to him. This brought Omega and Don Callis out with a latter agreeing with Moose and referring to him as the most physically gifted wrestler in the business. Callis asks how many Super Bowls won. Incidentally, he spent his whole career coasting by on his potential. Moose threatened to rip Callis' head off and shove it up Omega's ass. Omega claimed he wasn't against putting his all opponent <laughs> against all odds opponent in his place. Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson appeared and the numbers game looked to be against Moose. Then he arena darkened and when the lights came up, Sam Callahan called the bat and chased the heels off. Backstage, Moose stops Sammy Callahan even, Cammy Salahan, to say he doesn't need his help. He knows that. But he did what he did because he's sick of Omega and the Good Brothers running around doing what they want in his company. After Moose takes the title, he's rightfully his. Weirdly enough, Omega comes off less compared to Moose. I mean, I don't know if it's the way he impacted built Moose this past couple of years or, or whatever it is. But he just looks ready. And Omega just hiding behind Don Callis at the moment. Let's hope the big man can get our world title back. And then the Battle of Tag Team Partners, Rachel Ellen versus Jordan Grace. We see Elevin delivering a big jump in uppercut that added a run and sent on for two. A series of pinfalls and reversals gave way to Elevin stacking an opponent and scoring upset victory. After the match of frustrated Grace sat in disbelief for rising and weakly embracing Elevin. This story is slowly building, but it is quite similar to Havoc and Nevaeh. I know they were a kind of proper tag team, but this is again two people that should be getting along that's obviously got problems. And of course, you know, Grace um, coming up short most of the time, you know. Uh, it's, it's a story that's going to be played out for that, but this is a kind of great little match that it was. A backstage, Miles is fated. He puts a beating on Matt Cardona. I guess this is not over. Looks like the rubber match will be against all odds, and who comes out on top will probably show you impact. We'll have more confidence in in the long run. Between you and I, uh, I would say that, you know, let's hope Myers can get the victory. And then the main event, Impact Tag Team title match, Finn Juice versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Fulton lifted Robson up in the choke slam and Austin came off with a fold, but Finley broke up the count. They tried the same combo and Finley who did it with a stunner, let off, let off Austin crotch on the top rope. And second started to Fulton, gave way to pop friction for Robson, who earned the victory. After the match, Violent by Design made their way to the ring. Violent no possessed with a call your shot trophy, handed it over to the official for an immediate tag team title opportunity. A man beast turned Finley inside out with a gore, and Doreen did the same to Robinson, wiping him out with a lariat for the gold. I mean, uh, this was a great main event. Impact showed quality 
at the moment. I mean, rather than just pay for you, the matches on it. Matches are made for pay-per-view. And VBD have been quiet, but this might just be the start. Who's going to stop the world's widest man and do ring? I have no idea. What's next for Thin Juice? I'm not sure. But it asked, it, you know, like I said, and when it comes to the wrestling, when you're left with the answers, the questions answered and more questions from that, you know you're going to tune in the following week to work out what exactly is going on. Of course, we've got the build-up to Against All Odds, which already feels like a big pay-per-view because you've got Kenny Omega versus Moose for the uh, Impact World Heavyweight Championship. And, of course, we'll be reviewing that next month as well. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. At the moment, I'm really enjoying Impact. I've been watching it week in, week out since the year. Uh, and it is a program that doesn't feel... 90 minutes it does kind of speed along especially with the access on the impact plus app as well where you can watch the specials and the shows you know you, you, even it's describing you can watch it uh literally you know a couple hours after it's aired in america or with the special events actually live as well uh so it is good to see and of course they're building up towards slammiversary as well which is going to be their huge show uh, my only worry is just don't you know oversaturate it with uh, obviously there's a lot of talented guys out there, uh, but you know, let's not have all the casts off. You know, when you look at last year with the releases, the amount that came to Impact was pretty extraordinary. And I know people have had a pop at AEW as well for the talent that left signed, but again, it's name recognition that people will turn over and recognize that name from WWE, and not a problem for me. It's no problem with it because that's what AEW done to begin with with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho admitted it, it was him and JR to start with. Impact needs the same. They've banked the uh, the house, basically. They put the house on Moose. And the question is, will Moose sign his contract? I mean, there's a lot of rumours that he has done. He's denying it. Is this going to be part of the storyline as well, where maybe Moose beats Omega, and then he leaves Impact Wrestling? Uh, one thing they've got to be careful of is, of course, the Impact World title has had, shall we say, a, a difficult history, hasn't it, the past uh, few years of course with Tessa Blanchard uh you know Brian Cage and, and people like that and the way they've had to kind of vacate or just you know give away their title so to speak so it'll be very interesting to see what impact does Rich Swan has been a great carrier of the title as we've seen but it looks like he's going to be sacrificed to Morrissey but again it's a match that they're going to set up at against all odds as well uh but that is it for today of course, all social media, Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, the Google platform, send us an email, the WNR Podcast at gmail.com. And YouTube, the WNR Podcast, where all the latest clips and podcasts got at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Uh, our next couple of episodes are going to be AEW focused because this weekend coming, we are going to have the AEW prelude to Double or Nothing. The WNR Dan will join us. And like I say, the Chokeslam Report will hopefully be back for the AEW pay-per-view review, which will be Double or Nothing, which will come out uh, on hopefully the Tuesday or Wednesday after the show. But until then, I have been James Rollins. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.